What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast. Man, back at it again today, Thursday, May 7th. Hopefully, all you guys have had a nice week up until this point. Hopefully, all you guys are staying safe out there. Continue to social distance yourselves. Continue to quarantine. Be as safe as possible. If you go out, please wear a mask. Be as smart as possible. You know, try and avoid spreading the virus. Try to avoid getting the virus, of course. And please just stay safe again, man. Praying for all you guys. Praying that you guys are doing good. That you guys are safe and good during this time. But with that being said, so first and foremost, I got to say rest in peace to Ahmaud Arbery and Sean Reed, two black men that were fatally shot by police officers. I don't care when they happen, but they happen. And, you know, the videos have been resurfacing. And I'm just watching them like, man, what is going on here? It's 2020, man. The world is supposed to be evolving, and it feels like we're taking five steps back. I'm tired of feeling like, you know, police officers killing black men is normalized because it just shouldn't be, especially me being a black man. I'm sitting there looking at this like, this is terrible, bro. This got to stop. Like, I'm tired of seeing this. I should not have to see an unarmed or an innocent or a free black man getting shot just because a police officer feels like he has some type of power that he holds over him. And that's just frustrating, man. I want to send a big prayer and my love and condolences to the members of their families and their loved ones and anybody that had any type of relationship with them. I'm sorry for your guys' loss, and man, again, I just feel like we got to get better. I don't know if it's on the police officer's application or whatever we got to do. We got to get past this. This is terrible, man. We are taking, it feels like every time we take two steps forward, we're taking five steps back with stuff like this, man, and this is just terrible. So again, I want to say rest in peace to Ahmaud Arbery and Sean Reed. But with that being said, into some more lighter news. Today, man, I got to talk about my Miami Heat's offense and why it is one of the best offenses in the league and why it has given the 2019-2020 Miami Heat a record of 41-24 and in, a, in, a, in their overall fourth in the Eastern Conference behind the Bucks, the Raptors, and the Celtics. So I know a lot of people did not expect to, the Heat to be as good as they have been, but to be honest, this did not surprise me at all. And look, the reason that it didn't surprise me was simply due to the fact that they added a max contract player, a winner, even though he doesn't have any championship rings, he's proven every single place that he's gone to that he can win, and he goes by the name of Jimmy Butler, a.k.a. Jimmy Buckets, who is my favorite player. But nonetheless, if you've watched the ascension from Jimmy Butler being a role player to Jimmy Butler becoming a star player when he was in Chicago, you realize a lot of different things. And the main thing, in every single place that he's been to, whether it's Minnesota or Chicago or Philly or even now Miami, all of his coaches, from Tom Thibodeau to Brett Brown to now Eric Spolstra, they all run it, even Fred Hoiberg, they all run screen plays or backdoor lob plays to get Jimmy Butler the ball. You know, in, in, in Chicago, Tom Thibodeau did it a lot because they had such a good center in Pau Gasol that really was a, an elite passer, and he would get the ball to Jimmy Butler. And they just do different things. In Philly, they did it with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and it worked out pretty well. And, of course, now Miami, they do it to a T. So when Miami is running their fast break, and Jimmy Butler's not the point guard because he does play a lot of point guard for the Miami Heat, when he's not playing the point guard position off the ball, they really, and they don't get their first look on the fast break, they stop, they put Jimmy Butler in the corner, and usually he'll run like a backdoor screen, or he'll run just like a flex screen, where he'll pretty much be on the corner of the three-point line, he'll run up a little bit, act like he's going to get the ball, and then he'll just backdoor and get a wide-open dunk or a layup most of the time. And if that doesn't work, and say they do another play where Jimmy Butler does have the ball, and he's as the point guard, they have plays because the Miami Heat's original starting lineup before Myers Leonard got hurt, it was Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, um, Bam Adebayo, and Myers Leonard was the starting five. So they have a play also where 
they'll put Jimmy as a point guard. He'll be at the top of the three-point line. They'll have Bam Adebayo on the left wing. They'll have Kendrick Nunn on the right wing. They'll have Duncan Robinson. I mean, excuse me. They'll have Bam Adebayo on the left elbow. They'll have Kendrick Nunn on the right elbow. They'll have Duncan Robinson on a wing. And then they'll have Myers Leonard on a wing. If you don't know where the elbows are, it's the pretty much the sides of the free throw line at the top. So it's the east corner of the, of the free throw line. And so... Really, the play is they'll throw Jimmy Butler will have the ball in his hands. He'll throw a bounce pass to Bam Adebayo or any type of pass to Bam Adebayo on the uh, elbow. He'll go to the opposite elbow and set a screen for Kendrick Nunn to get freed up. And so that's where the play starts to really break down. So right there and then when Jimmy Butler is setting that screen, Bam Adebayo has the ball in his hands and he has so many options to do with the ball right there. So the first option, which usually works for them a lot because a lot of teams don't play it too well, is when Jimmy Butler sets that screen for Kendrick Nunn, He'll, he'll slip it, and he'll get wide open for easy dunk, easy two, whatever he got to do. Otherwise, if the defense plays that really well, then Kendrick Nunn is coming off that screen, and then pretty much he does like a dribble handoff with Bam out of bio, and he gets wide open for, you know, he gets downhill, gaining momentum to try and get to the rack and try and dunk on somebody or a floater or a mid-range pull-up. And if worst comes to worst, say, you know, Jimmy doesn't get the ball, you know, Kendrick Nunn doesn't get the ball, then really they just get to isolate Bam out of bio. And if that doesn't work because Bam out of bio is super versatile, which, you know, that usually works nine times out of ten, where he can score the ball or pass the ball to somebody wide open, then they'll have Jimmy Butler and Kendrick Nunn go opposite sides and set screens for Myers Leonard and Duncan Robinson. And that's another thing, too, because because of the way that Jimmy Butler plays, it's really kind of unorthodox because if you think about it, and you got to give credit to the Golden State Warriors, Klay Thompson and Steph Curry, most noticeably, the league is so used to guarding the three-point line because the league is a three-point shooting league. So the automatically, as a defender, your first thing to do is stop your player from getting to the three-point line and run them off the three-point line, especially if they're a shooter, which Miami has plenty of those from Tyler Hero to Duncan Robinson to even Jimmy. He hasn't been shooting too well since he's been with the Heat, but he can still knock them down. Derek Jones, a lethal shooter. Myers Leonard is a shooter. And so those are key things. And so, again, defenses are so accustomed to guarding the three-point line. So all Jimmy Butler has to do or all Derrick Jones Jr. has to do or say a player like Andre Godala, they just got to cut. And pretty much more times than not, they're going to find themselves wide open for an easy dunk or an uncontested layup or whatever the case may be. Just because, again, the league is so attached to guarding the three-point line. And that's where another thing comes into play where you got to get credit to players like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson because we all know Duncan Robinson, he's in the G League for a minute. He was a D3 player at the time before he got to the University of Michigan and now he's one of the best three-point shooters in the league and majority of that is because simply the Heat run a lot of really good sets to free him up and honestly that was a thing too when I was you know trying to focus and try and you know watch the Heat like how their buckets would translate into the playoffs because we all know like the air gets tighter in the playoffs the competition stiffens the intensity is, is higher it's a different type of game and really the only thing with the Heat that I was concerned about in the playoffs was just that they have a lot of vets, but they still have a lot of inexperience. Like Tyler Hero, even though I think he would step up at that time in the playoffs, he still has an experience. It's one thing to see it and watch it for yourself, but it's an entirely different thing to play in. And so I know Tyler Hero, it will be an adjustment. You know, of course, Duncan Robinson never played in the playoffs, so Kendrick Nunn hasn't played in the playoffs. So I wasn't minding that, and I always known Jimmy Butler is a winner wherever he goes. He's going to help them out a lot. But when you have a player like Jimmy Butler, Iguodala, Jay Crowder, Players who have all been in the league that know how to really help a team out and are all good veteran presences to have in a locker room. And those guys take a lot of the weight off of Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson because, you know, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, let's face it, right now, 
they're not that good of a defender. And Tyler Hero is a better defender than Duncan Robinson, but he's still okay. He's not average just yet. I think he can get better in that department. But again, it's only his first year in the league. I'm giving him plenty of time. But nonetheless, their offense is so good and it's so versatile. And another thing, too, is once Bam Adebayo is starting, is starting to uh, become able to knock down threes, their offense is going to be one of the most versatile and lethal offenses in the league. Like right now, I'd say the most lethal offenses in the NBA are probably the Lakers just because they have, you know, a, a tandem of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Of course, the Warriors went fully healthy because they got two of the greatest shooters of all time. And, you know, probably the Brooklyn Nets. We'll see how, you know, they work out with Katie and Kyrie, especially once they get a new head coach. But when Bam is able to start hitting threes, it's going to take them from an, an uh, just above average offensive team to an elite average team. Because right now, the Miami Heat, they get most of their money off three-point shooting and playing defense. That's what they do. And Jimmy Butler is one of those players that gets to the free throw line. He loves to just attack, attack, attack. He never loves to not attack. And that's just one thing that he does. He loves to get to the free throw line and get easier buckets like that. And it really, really just helps him out. Like, this was the perfect fit for Jimmy Butler because when he announced that he was going to Miami or whenever who announced it like NBA TV or the NBA in general I was kind of skeptical because I just didn't know how he fit but now I realize like this was a perfect fit not even just from an off the court standpoint with the culture and all this type of stuff but just the type of style that they play the roster that the Heat have constructed from you know Andy Ellisberg to Patrick I mean excuse me to Pat Riley to Eric Spolster like they have a really really good system I still think the Heat could use another all-star like a Victor Oladipo. I know a lot of Heat fans are waiting for next summer to see if they can get Giannis on the free agency market. But honestly, I think if they get a Victor Oladipo, they're straight and they can make a run to the finals legitimately. Like a Victor Oladipo and another solid big man to come off the bench for like, or excuse me, for uh, Myers Leonard. I think the Miami Heat are a really, really good team. And that's not just saying that because they're my team. But I really think the only thing that was holding them back, like I, th I feel like they have the perfect formula to stopping Giannis in the Milwaukee Bucks. I think they know exactly how to do that. I think they match up with the Raptors really, really well because not only can Jimmy Butler guard their best player in Pascal Siakam, but Bam Adebayo does a phenomenal job of guarding Pascal Siakam. So I was not worried about the Raptors. The only team in the Eastern Conference that I was truly worried about when it comes to matchups for the Miami Heat, and it's not even the Philadelphia 76ers because they beat the Sixers multiple times in the regular season. It's the Boston Celtics. And the only reason because of that is because the Celtics have so much perimeter depth from Jason Tatum to Gordon Hayward to Jalen Brown. They got so many different players that they can put on the wing and that are good at attacking that the Heat just didn't have enough of those because again, Tyler Hero and Deca Robinson aren't that good of defenders. But when you add a player like Andre Godala and you add a player like uh, Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill, those are all guys that have been in the league, that have established themselves as solid two-way players, and those are all guys that can guard those type of guys. And I'm not saying they're going to lock them up, but I'm saying they'll give a, a better fight than you know what Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero will give those guys. And so that's why I really like the Heat, and the offense that they run is just so good and it's one of the best offenses in the league because of the amount of shooter that they have and the amount of floor spacing that they have plus a grit and grind type player like Jimmy Butler who gets to the rack 24-7 and again once Bam is able to unlock that three-point shot it's going to be so scary because he's slowly starting to develop a jump shot I remember watching Bam in high school um he went to a, I forget the exact name of his high school I think it was called High Point Christian Academy yeah that's what it was in North Carolina he's from North Carolina and he didn't shoot the ball at all he was just a man amongst boys in high school so he never really had to shoot the ball once he got to Kentucky he was still kind of a man amongst boys and he didn't have and he had a role but he didn't have that big of a role because they played alongside Malik Monk and, and um De'Aaron Fox and he had an okay role but now the Heat are really letting Bam 
be bam and letting him flourish at the highest level of basketball and that's what's again it's going to take the Heat's offense to a complete different level and that's why i just had to break it down a little bit because they love to shoot the three they shoot they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the team in the league excuse me i think they're top five in that category and they just do it to a t man and jimmy butler just fits it so well because he loves to get two-point shots and so i just had to talk about that kind of want to talk about the heat man show some love to my heat um hopefully you know with the coronavirus going on i pray that we can find a vaccine and i pray that eventually we can get back to some type of normalcy and even then we can get back to some type of sporting because i miss basketball a lot and i miss you know football and all that a lot but just had to talk about my heat because you know we are we are a good team and we're setting up very very nicely for the future and i just really love because i was watching some jimmy butler highlights and most of his buckets come through the Miami Heat system, that the system that they run, the offense that they run. And I'm not saying Jimmy Butler is a is a system player because he's proven that he can get buckets in Chicago, Minnesota, Philly, and even now Miami. But a lot of his highlights, a lot of his buckets come through what Eric Spoelstra has created for the Miami Heat. So I just had to show some love there. Moving on though, so since I was trying to appreciate our veteran players, um, I feel like Heat players, or excuse me, I feel like people in the league still don't give players like Andre Godala their due because he's proven that he can be a very, very valuable weapon on any team, and especially because he's on my Miami Heat team now, where he'll be a big time factor on not just the offensive end, but even more importantly on the defensive end. I had to show some love to a player that goes by the name of Rajan Rondo. Now, Rondo's been in the league for a long time now. Of course, he has what a championship ring. He's been relevant. He's been a top point guard. He's been through his prime. Now he's a veteran player just helping out the young players and still getting paid, doing the thing that he loves to do. And so being from SoCal, and I say this all the time, I am from Southern California. A lot of my friends are Laker faithful. They love the Lakers to death. They'll say anything about the Lakers. And, you know, if you've paid attention to the Lakers this season, this past season, a common thing has been, a common theme has been that when Rondo, or excuse me, when LeBron subs out the game and Rondo comes in to run the second unit as the point guard, the Lakers offensively steadily drops. It declines pretty, pretty bad. And yes, that's the case, but at the same time, you can also attest to just how great of an offensive weapon that LeBron James is on that side of the floor. But nonetheless, the stats do drop. I will give you that. And I wouldn't necessarily blame put the blame on Rajon Rondo because a lot of Lakers fans do, but I don't think that's the case. And so what I want to say is, People forget what Rondo has done recently. Forget what Rondo has done in his prime because he's out of his prime. Again, he's an older player, a vet, just trying to help out the younger generation of the NBA players and trying to get them paid. But at the same time, I feel like people do not respect what Rajon Rondo has done in the past four years. So you flash back a few years. Go to the 2016-2017 NBA playoffs. So the 2017 NBA playoffs pretty much. Rondo was a member of the Chicago Bulls. And they barely made the playoffs. I think it was Fred Hoiberg's first year. Of course, Fred Hoiberg was fired a few years later. It was his first year. And the team was basically, the team was pretty much Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade, and Rondo. And they had a little bit of help from Jeremy Grant, uh, Cristiano, Felicio, and Bobby Portis. And I think that was Bobby Portis' rookie season. And so those were the main cores of that team. And really, if you guys remember that season, that playoff series, they were matched up versus the one-seeded Celtics led by Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, Marcus Smart, and they won. The Chicago Bulls won those first two games. And you know why they won those two first games? Because of Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade, and Rajon Rondo. And Rondo was a huge, huge piece into why the Bulls were up two games to none in that series. And again, they won both those first two games in, in Boston they won those two first games. I think that was Brad Stevens. That might have been his first or second year in the league. And so, 
Flash forward a couple games later, it's I think it's game three. Rondo gets hurt. I don't think he gets hurt in the game, but I think he gets hurt in between game two and game three. Maybe he got hurt on the court. I forget. Whatever. He gets hurt. And I, I think the injury was he had a fractured right thumb. That's exactly what it was. He had a fractured right thumb, and, it, and he had a torn ligament in his right wrist. And he was done for the playoffs. And what happens? The Celtics win the next four games. Also want to give a shout-out and a rest in peace to Isaiah Thomas's younger sister, China, who we played for. I think that was a little bit earlier. But nonetheless, that happened. Like, the Bulls were a legit team. They were, they were the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. The only reason they were in that playoff series was because of Rondo, Jimmy Butler, and Dwayne Wade. And they were up two games to none. And then once Rondo got hurt, that series was over because the Bulls needed every little contribution out of Jimmy, out of Dwayne Wade, and out of Rondo that they can get. And once you pulled Rondo, once he's hurt on the bench and can't play anymore, it was a wrap. And that's exactly what happened. They pretty much got swept from that point on. And then... Let's fast forward a year later. So the 2017-2018 season, the 2018 playoffs, Rondo is now in New Orleans. He's playing with DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis. Um, I think they had Nikola Miritich at the time. They had Etoile Moore. And, they, of course, they had Drew Holiday, who's always been playing fantastic. They're in the playoffs. I think this was the first round. I think it was a four-versus-five seed matchup. The Blazers and the Pelicans are matched up. Remember, the Pelicans swept the Blazers. 4-0. They swept Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum off the court. Remember that. They were led by Alvin Gentry. And of course, again, they had two of the best big men in the game in AD and Boogie Cousins. And so, of course, they had that. But also, Rondo was another big time piece for that team because he really helped that offense flow. Like he was, he's still a great passer. Do not get that twisted. Rondo is still one of the best passers in the league. But also, I think as a veteran player, you realize that as you get older, you cannot do the same things that you were doing in your prime, and you kind of got to tweak your game. If you look at Vince Carter, we all know Vince Carter as you know a superhuman, one of the bounciest players, if not the bounciest player in NBA history. But as Vince got older, of course, he still has a little bounce you know, in his boots, but nonetheless, he had to turn himself into more of a three-point shooter because he can't just strictly dunk at 40-plus years old anymore. He's got to be able to hit shots, and that's exactly what he did. You look at Dwayne Wade as he got older. We all know Dwayne Wade. He's a slashing shooting guard that loves to posterize. He has crazy finishes. Mid-range shot is on point. Fade away, all that stuff. He barely shot threes. As D-Wade got older, as he had that stint with the Cleveland Cavaliers, the stint with the Bulls, and as he slowly got his way and worked his way back to Miami to retire, D-Wade shot the three ball more than he ever did throughout his entire career. Because you have to realize you have to make those adjustments. Otherwise, you're going to be out the league. You're going to have to retire or you're going to have to play overseas. You just can't play in the NBA like that. And so... Rondo, even though Rondo hasn't necessarily raised his offensive game, he doesn't shoot threes a lot. I think he probably shoots like two threes a game, if that, probably like one. Of course, he's never been a shooter in his career. But the thing that Rondo has done that's been able to keep him in the league is play great defense. Like Rondo has really played some of the best defense in his entire career at this point, and he's killing it. And I mean, like he's playing great defense. And I don't think people realize that. He's always had big hands. He's always had a long wingspan for his height. But he's really stepped it up on the defensive end of the floor. Like, he didn't play great defense when he was playing for the Celtics. Like, when they were winning that ring, that championship, he didn't play necessarily great defense. But now, he plays really, really good defense. And I know a lot of people don't notice it because he's not guarding the star players. He's not guarding the best players on the opposite team. But he still does a really good job on his assignments nonetheless. And that's the thing that I got to say. Like, we won't know, Laker fans out there, you guys will not know when Rajon Rondo is quote-unquote washed until you see him in a playoff game and he's just falling off the map because he always steps it up 
when the playoffs come. Like a lot of the great players, Rondo always steps it up. Like LeBron. LeBron, even though he puts on a show throughout the course of the regular season, he doesn't go 100% as some of you think. He re- Or he does, but he turns it up another notch in the playoffs. And that's what you have to do. And Rondo has proven that he can, that he can do that. And he's been playing for the Lakers for the past two seasons. Of course, last season they missed the playoffs. Of course, this season we don't know. But until Rondo plays terrible in a playoff season, he will never, ever be watched. He's always been a valuable asset from day one since he's entered the NBA. Rondo is an asset. So, Laker fans, be patient. Give Rondo some time. I know it sucks right now with the league being on hold because of the coronavirus. But nonetheless, Rondo is still a good player. Please appreciate him because a lot of teams in the NBA would love to have a backup point guard like Rondo. And again, I know the numbers offensively dip a little bit when LeBron goes off the court and Rondo goes onto the court. But again, that just attests and shows you how great of an offensive weapon that LeBron James is, man. But with that being said, though, man, as always, shout to Nuts and Bolts Sports. I'm a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist for Nuts and Bolts Sports, featured alongside a whole bunch of other great writers slash bloggers slash journalists. We are at Nuts and Bolts Sports SP on both Twitter and Instagram. Please go give us a follow and check out all our good content for all you sports heads out there, for all you sports fanatics. Trust him. Believe me that Nuts and Bolts Sports has everything for your sporting needs. Again, we are at Nuts and Bolts Sports SP on both Twitter and Instagram. Please go give us a follow. And I'm also featured on Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network alongside a whole bunch of other great content creators and podcast hosters. So please go check us out, man. Once again, for the last time, we are at Nuts and Bolts Sports SP on both Twitter and Instagram. As always, man, this has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And if you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, please do me a favor and leave a rate and review. That is how we share, grow, and expand the podcast. You guys be safe out there. Please continue to social distance and quarantine. Be as safe as possible. Please avoid large groups and gatherings, man. And as always, peace, love, and blessings gone.